Martin Amos once said, the arms race is a race between nuclear weapons and ourselves. Keep this in mind as we discuss today Russia's recent hypersonic test and what does it mean for the future of global security. My name is Dr. David Waralu. And my name is Dr. Ross Stewart. And you are watching Geopolitics in Conflict. We'd like to welcome you to our show. We want to thank you for subscribing. We want to encourage you to subscribe. We are inching closer. Indeed. <laughs> 70, 70 million is kind of far away, but okay. Yeah. And we can't encourage you enough to go to our website. We've got some very exciting things to share with you there. Yeah, indeed, the website uh, geopoliticsinconflict.com. That's usually also uh, where you can learn more about our membership. And in the membership, by the way, we do offer live <laughs> presentation rather. And also we do live Q&A. And as you know, it's a platform where we can discuss things more freely. Uh, and you all know what it means. So. And our last members only conversation was extraordinarily lively. I was very impressed, Ross, with, with smart the people, nature smart of the questions, questions and yeah. smart additions to what we we're already saying. Yeah, indeed. So we want to thank you for your support and for you just check, uh, check out this membership. So back to our topic. Here's the question of the day. Yeah. Is Russia via Putin sending a message to NATO and to the United States about its hypersonic missile? Do you want the short answer or you want a detailed analysis? Both. <laughs> well, the short answer is yes. Uh, uh, Russia, indeed, recent hypersonic missile tests. It's a really a strong message to NATO, the US, and the West for that matter. What I found very interesting about that, Ross, it just it came only a few more weeks following China's uh, 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 hypersonic test also. And uh, just in the case of Russia, just FYI for you to know, this is not the first time Russia tested the hypersonic. Right. They did one test in July, and this is like the second part. And also just for you to know, the United States conducted some of these testings. Where the difference between what the United States did and what China and Russia just did recently is that the China and Russia versions are a little bit upscale level. You know, this one, especially in the Russia case, has to do with the FOB. The fear that the U.S. missile defense shield might not be able to defend itself against these hypersonics. That's what makes the Russian test very alarming for the United States. Can you imagine that this could be a game changer? I would say so, Ross. <laughs> yeah. It's because also we are all aware, and I'm sure you are also, about the provocations that we... That NATO is keep doing on the Black Sea, UK sending its, uh, uh, its naval assets, the US conducting uh, drills with 30 other countries in the Black Sea uh, near Russia's waters. So all those kind of provocations kind of, you know, it's almost like Russia saying to NATO, uh, it doesn't look like you get the message. You are getting closer to 
crossing the red lines. Vladimir Putin could not be more clear. He said, you are not taking our red lines seriously as you, put, as you talk about putting missile systems in the Ukraine. Yeah. Whoa, yeah, they are, they are not going to allow that. I don't see that, you know. Usually, even when Poland, for example, was asking for the establishment of a U.S. military base, yeah. even the U.S. was like hesitating or doubting that kind of, didn't, didn't move forward with it, because we all know what it means. Oh. Yeah. And I remember when I wrote the book about Russia, I addressed this particular issue. So I'm a little bit familiar with the dynamics, how uh, Poland will be the first casualty. I can As always. You, I can guarantee you this, because what, what Russia is going to end up doing is removing its strategic missiles to the border and any movements from NATO, they will, and, and Poland will be, will be destroyed completely. So, yeah, moving missiles into Ukraine, Russia is not going to tolerate that, nor will it allow it. And this is where I see this test as a message to NATO because they are pushing too much. NATO is pushing too much, you know. Well, don't you think they have to justify their existence? I mean, they came into existence to, to dismantle or stop the Soviet Union from expansion. Yeah. Have you noticed the Soviet Union's been gone for a long time? A long time. A long time. Yeah. And the problem with that, Ross, is that we went back on our word uh, when uh, the Secretary of State back then uh, mentioned that, well, we will not expand eastward. And that was Bush's uh, first Bush uh, promise to, uh, to Mikhail Gorbachev back then. And yet, the moment uh, the wall came down, we kind of went back on our promise. Kind of. So, and we did. Yeah. <laughs> so this is where I see the concern. But the big question now is the idea of what does it mean from a global security perspective? And that is a major change, given, as we mentioned earlier, that China conducted similar tests successfully. Yes, they missed the target by about 20 miles, which is nothing. Usually <laughs> you, you adjust that like when you're shooting a rifle right. for a, a, a sniper rifle, whatever. You keep adjusting, adjusting till you hit the target. In the case of Russia, it did not, hit, it did not miss the target. It hit the target right on. And the missile, by the way, uh, was launched from, uh, from the, the frigate Admiral Gorshkov. You know, and where it was conducted, uh, Ross, it was conducted in the, uh, uh, in the, called the, the White Sea waters. Okay. The White Sea waters, those are near the Barents Sea. So, of course, it's a, a sphere of influence and the Russia, but it tells you right there, you know, to me, that's the message even for the location, because as we all know, uh, Russia has more influence in the Arctic than any other country. China is joining uh, or has joined uh, Russia in its projects in oh, the yeah. Arctic. And we did a show on this couple We've talked about it frequently. But... That's correct. So, so I can just see uh, Russia sending this message to NATO and the U.S. for that matter that, you know, you guys getting so close to the red line. And, and my big concern and fear in both cases, in, in Russia's case and in China's case, that both countries might lose their patience you reach a point where you will know this more than anyone else. Uh, Russ, well, you know, we, we, we track Vladimir Putin and we talk and we also track Xi Jinping mm -hmm. and others in the, in the Chinese government. 
Yeah. And boy, do they look like they're getting fed up. And, and that is where my concern is. I mean, Vladimir Putin, he's, he's, I've seen him firmer in the, this last few months than yeah. I've ever seen him tracking him for a long time. Yeah. He said, you are not taking our red lines seriously. Indeed. Well, he's taking them seriously. Yeah, well, because he knows. I do believe in one thing, that if you corner the bear, you will not know how the bear is going to react. And we need to be very, very careful. What I found very interesting about this is the statements, and I'm going to share it with you guys, is the, from the British senior military officer, General Nick Carter. And you know what he said? He said, and I quote, this is a great risk of an, uh, there is great risk of an accidental war breaking out between the West and Russia. End of quote. That's what he said. What I found ironic about it is you, Britain, sailing your naval assets or destroyer near the water of Provocation, Russia. Provocation, <laughs> clear yeah. and simple. Yeah, and calling it that we might run into a war with Russia. Well, you're the one provoking it. What do you think? Russia's going to just welcome you? Near their, <laughs> you know, it's just common sense sometimes. And this is also pushed to the, uh, uh, lead to the question of, okay, what is the mission of NATO? Well, I, President Trump, I think, said it pretty clearly. What are we doing here? What are we doing Why here? does NATO even exist? Yeah, it's about time for... It's about time. Yeah, and yes, because our tax, we, taxpayers, are, We're are, paying are, for it. are paying for it. You know, what does NATO does for me? You know, this thing about having an, a risk of it, something accidentally happening, mm -hmm. from the time the signal says launch, how long is it before that hypersonic missile lands someplace in Europe? Oh, in no time. 20 minutes. Wow. Wow. I mean, you're going, yeah. you can't go that far. I mean, Europe isn't that big. Wow. Hmm. Going, That's very scary. Oh, very. That's very scary. And, and this also, the test also comes at a time when uh, the European Union has been pushing the issue of humanitarian immigration on the border between uh, 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 Belarus and Poland. Yeah. Because you know what? They're blaming Russia for that Russia has a hand into this. You know, it's kind of Europeans. First of all, let me just clarify one thing. Uh, Poland was turning down the immigrants. Right. But here's the thing. I don't know if you guys know or not. Poland supported the invasion of Iraq. Oh, really? Yes, yes, they did. So how come all of a sudden, when now you get Iraqi immigrants, Poland is saying no. So why did you support the invasion in the first place? So it's kind of, this is where you start to see this double standards. And this is where majority of people do not understand those dynamics when they hear statements yeah. about the, And this is what you and Elizabeth is going to be talking about. It's really breaking down those kind of uh, uh, chosen words as to why politicians or the media for that matter state certain things to sway the thinking of the viewers one direction or another. So, so I found it very interesting that uh, Russia, with this test, sending a message on different fronts, multiple fronts, not just about the Black Sea, but also about what the Europeans saying are thinking, what the U.S. is thinking and doing, and what the British sending their uh, uh, naval assets to the Black Sea and so forth. So you can just see, uh, uh, my prediction is that uh, Putin is putting the dots on the letters, as we say. Yeah. Okay. And once those dots are completed, are put on the letters and completed, that will be the next, uh, the next step where you might see some very live fires, shall we say.
<laughs> you know, I was curious about the director of the CIA meeting with Putin. Think it had anything to do with this? Yeah, he didn't meet with him physically. Oh, because Putin did not meet with him. We can, well, I confirmed that, that story. Okay. Because Putin would not meet with him physically. <clears throat> they did not meet physically. He spoke. I mean, the director of CIA spoke by phone to Vladimir Putin. Okay. But he did not meet with him uh, physically, face to face. Because remember, uh, uh, Director Burns used to be an ambassador in Russia. Yeah, a U.S. ambassador in Russia. So he's a, he understands the dynamics, but it was no way. Yes, I know, because first when we did the breaking on it, we did yeah. say that they meet, because there were two media outlets, one of them saying a meeting took place, another one said there was no meeting. And we confirmed it, it was no meeting. You know, no it was a phone call, so we kind of clarified that one. So do, you know, do we know anything about the content of the call? Well, the call had to do with why Russia is moving troops near Ukraine border. The U.S. does not have any understanding why. And for a simple reason, because the U.S. couldn't have intelligence about that one because the circle around Putin is very tight. Oh. Yeah. So the U.S. basically is operating in the dark, does not know what is the purpose of Russia moving its troops near Ukraine border. It is suspicious. Yeah, but also could it mean another invasion? Could Russia, because, you know, it won't take Russia long. They'll take over Ukraine in no time. Uh, I don't foresee that happening uh, because, but I, I see it happening in one condition and one condition only. If NATO and US push too much towards the Black Sea, that Russia would just go and take over. And once they take over, they're going to secure the entire area. So. And the U.S. reaction? Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, this is where this tit for tat has to be there. This is again where my fear is, is that miscalculation. Yeah. Because this, once that miscalculation occurs, there will be no point of return. Because that's it. And this is again the same concern I have when it comes down to the Taiwan Strait. Yeah. You know, the U.S. just sold its, its uh, uh, naval assets through the, the, the Taiwan Strait. No. Now, if you are on international water, it's a different story. But if you are closer to the ports, which means you are already getting near or close to the Chinese waters, right. that becomes a problem. That's like no different than us having a, a Russian or Chinese naval assets comes over to the Gulf of Mexico so close to our water. Because international law suggests that you only have about 12 nautical miles uh, considered your water. Right. But anything beyond that point is, is international. international. So, so that is where my big concern. Uh, and when you have NATO conducting drills in the Black Sea, well, can you conduct your drills elsewhere? I mean, truly. This is where... You, it, it's, beyond, it's beyond suspicious. It is clear provocation. Yeah, it's common sense. And this is where you start to question about the judgment of policymakers. You know, this is, again, it's the judgment that I am personally questioning as to where this is going. And my fear and my concern, and I hope I am wrong, that it would be no miscalculation or somebody uh, pursue a policy that is completely the wrong direction and backfire. So, because that will be the end of it. So, what would you say is the takeaway for this today, David? Well, the idea of that uh, the the uh, hypersonic test is a message to the West, and they better really take it seriously. 
I'm not saying you should be afraid of Russians. I'm not saying, but uh, what I'm saying is you need to take this test seriously because what it means and how it will impact global security around the world. And because now that means China, uh, rather, I'm sorry, Russia is saying we have the means to really, really destroy you if we choose to. And they have demonstrated it yeah. beyond beyond any question here. Yeah, and you take a look at that darn thing. It's ferocious. Yeah, and that is where my big concern. What's in it for you as a citizen, every citizen, whatever that is here in the U.S., if you are here in the U.S., is, because, is also the idea of are we again being involved in another? Will it ever end? Another conflict that drains the resources from where the money needs to be spent. You know, you look at now the prices of oil. You look at the, the, the inflation, you look at the homelessness here in the U.S., you look at the education. May I add this other? Certainly, Raz. What we're seeing is stress stacked on stress, uncertainty on uncertainty, unparalleled change in the wrong direction, and virtually everyone that I'm talking to feels it. And their stress levels and uncertainty levels are skyrocketing. Yeah. And, and what's, that, what's that really lead to? It leads to ill health, it leads to family disintegration, it leads to suspicion, and it leads to generally people being polarized against each other. These are all fallouts of these international things going on. No matter what, you th no matter what we think, every one of us is impacted by these international events. Geopolitics hurts your life. Exactly, Russ. A lot of people under that impression that, oh, it happens over there, has nothing to do with me. They're wrong. They are wrong. As I talk to, and I talk to a lot of people, I can't help it. Yeah, that's all right. I talk to a lot of people and they're all telling me some very similar version of this, especially the polarization of us against them inside the United States. Yeah, and it's, it's growing. Oh, yeah. Day, so, so, well, we'd like to thank you for viewing. Please subscribe. You know our number, 70 million. <laughs> and please go to our website, geopoliticsinconflict.com. So check it out. So, so we hope you find this information very, very useful to you. And uh, as always, stay informed. Till next time. Bye-bye.